Dr. Homebrew is brought to you by Five Star Chemicals, providing safety and cleaning supplies for brewing, distilling, and winemaking at fivestarchemicals.com. Dr. Luck. Stand aside, nurse. I'm Dr. Homebrew. Before we get to it, we want to thank Five Star Chemicals. Go to fivestarchemicals.com and learn about everything you can do to improve your brewing, um, You know, which is uh, obviously using their products, but using them in the right ways, cleaning and then sanitizing, keeping up on all that kind of stuff, making sure you break down your equipment over time. They have all the information over there for you. Uh, if your local homebrew shop doesn't carry Five Star Chemicals, do me a favor. And do yourself a favor, and do the homebrew shop a favor, and do all of their customers a favor, and uh, ask and they demand that uh, you get um, you get uh, five star. Brian, what are you doing? I'm like just trying to remember, of remember my notes of the the what was this because I know you guys are going to ask me some questions. Okay, okay I decided right. to submit a beer to Doctor Homebrew. Yes, well that's what we're doing. So like I'm I'm just I'm sitting here watching you write. I'm like, what could he possibly? Because I need to be apparently thinking of more things at at, at, at a time than just one. Uh, so sorry about that. It I just makes, grabbed the beer as I was running out the door. Yeah, and my notes are insufficient as it is, but I I was trying to recreate them. Uh, yeah, did it work? No, uh, it's uh, somewhat enough. It's fine. So what we're doing here today, folks, is we have no guests but the three people in the studio right now, which of course is myself and Brian and Keith. It's just us. And instead of me submitting my beers a couple times and crying about my score sheets, which I really want to do, but I did enough on the session a couple weeks ago, so I, I think I got it out of my system. Uh, today we are going to judge their beers, and I am judging. So I I did yep. the full score sheets like I did pretty good like that's you know yeah it's okay. you filled out some sheets it's okay it's not great good job um, JP and I gave him a score and we talked about him like big boys and it was a, it was it was cool so uh, I think the first beer uh, we'll probably just do an order of the barley wine and then we have a sour beer um, and um, oh and we I just poured all the rest of that barley wine at the bar yeah oh, I'm man. Sure I still have some for myself so. yeah me too I. You don't have any more. No, I don't. Oh, man. Well, that's all right. It's fine. I'll we're, remember we're it. professionals. Yeah. So I think this will be pretty cool. I think it'll be a good show. Um, you know, it's uh, it's always good to to. That was professional. A- Sorry, just dropping things on the. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think fine. it'll be a good show. Yeah. Well, it was, it was great that Keith did it, and then it was better that Brian did it again. Yeah. So <laughs> you can only. All right. Okay. All right. All right. We all understand right now. Justin's going to hate us. <laughs> Sorry. He, he doesn't listen to the show. You can take it all out in post-processing, right? It's fine. It's okay. Uh, before we get into that, though, I do want to tell you guys about the Brew Guru. Go to uh, homebrewerassociation.org and check out the Brew Guru. Uh, it's an app. That you can tie in with your Zymergy subscription or not. That's the cool thing about it. And it will save you money, but only if you tie it into your Zymergy subscription. Um, and you can figure out what bars and pubs in your area or in any area you happen to be in will offer discounts for being an AHA member. And there's a lot more than you think. There's a lot more than you think. Yeah, it surprises me sometimes. I'm like, oh, these guys are in it. All right, cool. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So check that out. It's the Brew Guru uh, app. It's available on all the all the app stores and all that kind of stuff. Uh, iPhone and Android and and all the you know. Not all to the be jobs. confused with the Mike Myers movie, The Love Guru. 
No, that's a great movie. This is it a great is. app. It's underrated. I'm, I'm uh, but it's the, yeah. <laughs> Don't even get me started on the Love Guru. The Love Guru is great. <laughs> Uh, okay, so let's do me a favor. Let's start with Keith's uh, barley wine. Okay. Uh, Keith, welcome to the show. Thanks, guys. Hi, Keith, how long have you been brewing? Yeah, how long have you been uh, home brewer? A couple, couple days. Uh. Oh, okay. <laughs> and you've already done a barley wine, barley fermented wine, yeah. and conditioned. Fresh wow. barley wine. You know, I'm, I, you can bring some really hot takes to the homebrewing scene if you can crank a beer out in under two days. A barley wine, no less. Right. I think mm. it'd be great. Uh, no, just do tell me a little bit about this beer. What, uh, how old is it and all that kind of stuff. Why'd you make it? Do you, do Why'd you make it in the summertime? Who makes a barley wine right now, by the way? He lives in San Francisco. No. Oh, well, yeah, well I made it, I think, uh, I guess six, a little over six weeks ago. Um, I was making it, I made it like six days before my son was born. So the, the goal there was to brew it and then put it in bottles uh, and then open a bottle every year. Until he's 21, but somehow I only managed to bottle like 15 bottles, so I'm not really sure what's going like, It's not going to last that long anyway, but maybe we'll skip a couple, couple years. Maybe we won't be around. We won't be around. We'll be out of town or something. Who knows? But the, the goal really is to you know open a bottle every every year just to see how the beer's maturing and how my son is maturing. Uh, who, you know, who has more, more, more oxidation? Who uh, <laughs> right? Right. Who, who's lost some bitterness? More foul aromas. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Well, and if he's maturing too much, you could just open it at 15 with him. I mean, it's really... Hey, you know, who knows what the laws are going to be by the time, you know... Like, <laughs> right. true. Right. Jeez, like, what's going to happen in the world by then, so... That's um, true, man. That yeah, is so true. that's why I made it then, and it's a pretty much... We'll talk about the recipe, I guess, after, after the fact, but that's... Okay. That's pretty much why. I've been doing a similar beer for... I don't know, eighteen years, seventeen years, something like that. But okay. Slight modifications every year, and this one's a little bit, a little bit different, just newer hops, but... Excellent. Cool. All right, Brian, why don't you uh, go ahead and start us off with uh, you and me judging beer. And the beauty is it's still two BJCP certified, uh, at least certified judges. We made it. Yes. Yeah. We passed the test. Um, yeah, so the aroma, it's, it's richly malty. It has a, a light caramel and bready uh, character to it and a low toast behind that. I didn't get any big uh, oxidative characters like EG kind of sherry-like notes in there. Uh, it was just mostly just clean malt and it smelled pretty fresh. Um, the hops are are medium and uh, citrusy with some tropical and pine in there. Um, a little more pine as it warmed up. I got moderately fruity, uh, esters-wise. Uh, didn't get any DMS or diacetyl, uh, but there's some definite alcohol there making its presence known. Uh, not sharp though. It's a pretty smooth alcohol. I liked that. Appearance-wise, it's a medium reddish amber color. I thought the, the clarity appeared excellent. It's kind of has that thick fishbowl kind of look to it. You get with some of those stronger beers. Um, what do you mean by that? Like look, looking through a, a fishbowl, I gla- you know, thick glasses. Kind of, it's like a, it's more viscous, so that the light refracts differently oh, through okay. it. Okay. Um, low light tan head that fades fairly quickly. Uh, some legs were evident, not not too heavy there, but uh, and mostly for kind of fine bubbles ringing the glass. Um, doesn't need a big head, so I actually gave it a full, you know, it looked like a barley wine. I gave it a full compliment for, for appearance there. Uh, flavor-wise, I, you know, I liked the aroma a little more than the flavor. The flavor was also good. It was a pleasant, rich malt character up front, uh, very bready with some, some caramel. I kind of, yeah, I thought maybe it was slightly... You know, just one to two dimensional. It wasn't like a super complex on the malt front, but it just big, heavy malt presence um, and, and fairly sweet. Uh, there's some smooth alcohol flavor. It's not biting, but um, also some uh, a medium piney hop flavor, but not overly intense. Um, and the hops are fresh tasting. The uh, kind of odd thing I got in there was like very light uh, in the finish. I got a little bit of kind of a, a pine salt-y, like uh, solventy character, but not really sharp. And it was just kind of fleeting. And I wonder if it was something maybe from the um, some piney hops or some interesting hop choices there, or if it was actually getting solventy. But I, I felt like the alcohol itself was pretty smooth and um, clean. I wasn't getting a lot of like higher alcohols or alcoholic, but just a little solventiness to it. Uh, from something that's in there, and then you know that might be something that that fades over time. But right now, that's what I'm getting. Um, 
So, yeah, it's a clean ale, definitely cleanly brewed. Uh, the balance is even, I would say, between the, the hops and the malt. It's got a f- substantial amount of bitterness left in it. There's a pretty solid hop presence, but it's not blowing away the malt. There's a lot of malt there, too, even though it's, it could be more complex. But they're both kind of neck and neck there to me. Uh, mouthfeel-wise, full-bodied with medium-low carbonation. I thought it had a smooth obvious uh medium high warmth not very creamy or smooth but uh it, it still you know just felt full it felt like a good barley wine there was no obvious astringency so um you know the carbonation being being lower is appropriate and it was it was pretty good for the for the body there um overall i, I thought it was a very pleasant drinking barley wine it tastes young but um the the hop flavor is already a, a bit lower, so I'm wondering upon aging, and I, and as Keith said, he's intending on aging it. Uh, it may become a little too malty, but um, I think the body should stand up though. It, it should have that uh, that that it's very full bodied, which is going to help it out in life. And uh, <laughs> light, you know, the light solvent was just a little distracting. It wasn't a really big element there. It was a very light uh, impression of that. And it, again, it might be something from the hops. But I thought it was a very good beer. I gave it a 37. And I wrote at the bottom of the score sheet to uh, keep trying. <laughs> You'll get it. I think that came from you, though. <laughs> That's true. Please um, submit more beers. Okay. Here it is. Here I go. Um the aroma, uh, yeah, again, citry, uh, citrusy, resinous, uh, and the aroma, a little bit alcoholic. Um, slight uh, sweet, bready malt, the uh, low fruit esters, which I thought were very good. Um, I agree that the aroma in this beer was was very, very good. I, I really did enjoy it. Um, yeah, like a medium amber deal in color, low tan head, blah, blah, blah. Uh, for the flavor, I put a deep, rich malt sweetness uh, with a firm hot bitterness rounded out. Uh, the hop flavor is fairly high, um, but I did I, I, I did find that that the the malt flavor was sort of you know monochromatic in a way where it's I mean it's you know it's two row or whatever the base malt's there there's a little bit of kind of caramel but it was kind of just I don't know the aroma was very inviting and uh, and the the flavor of the malt was kind of just there hanging out. It was kind of just yeah, just the big, wallflower, and I wanted malt. a little bit more, a little bit more flavor profile out of it. Yeah, something a little more toasty or interesting in there, mixed with the existing. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. mouthfeel. We talked about that. Uh, overall impressions. Um, like I said, the malt could use a little more depth of flavor. Um, no flaws. Well brewed. Keep it up. Uh, put a winky smiley face. Um, so I gave it. I gave it a forty. I originally gave it cool. a thirty-seven, but then I was like, God, is that too low? I don't know. So I, I gave it a forty, uh, and really the the points came back in in, in the flavor because that that. The hop flavor is great, and I think it plays with the malt really well. It just is lacking a little bit of oomph. And now I'm drinking it, um, and I get like a orange rind, like the spritz, orange oil. I got yeah. the orange as well it's after having fucking the weird, after man. Brian sour beer. I got yeah, the same okay. orange. I didn't taste it at all until I tried the sour beer. Then I'm like, I'm like, wow, I get this orangey thing. And it, like, there are Amarillo hops. <laughs> it's like drinking in it, orange which, glow or whatever. Yeah, there's a lot of orange care. There's there's Amarillo in there, which is definitely a there's Amarillo, Centennial, and Mosaic, but I think Amarillo would be one of the ones that would jump out at you as being especially orangey. Mm. Um, although I think any of those three could probably give you at least a little bit of that citrus. But I, I, I had the exact same thing. I had the sour beer and came back. I'm like, wow, is that orangey? That is just weird. Yeah. Like, you said that now, and I'm like, oh, that's, that's really strange. So Amarillo, Mosaic, Centennial. Yeah, it's the, not so much the orange new. combo. The yeah. AMC hops. Yeah, I don't, I don't yeah. Or Mac hops? Uh, no, American Music Club hops, yes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the Mark Heitzel. Cam hops? Uh, yeah. Um, uh, well, uh, let's uh, talk about your recipe a little bit here, man. I mean, so the, the, the grain bill is is not super non-complex. I think, I think one of the things I find in this beer is that um, if I had more... Uh, Malt, different types of malt. The long, the older it gets, the the more I don't know, more muddled or whatever it gets. Like it, I think, like having some oxidation, just having some age, actually creates more of the complexity that you would find that that you'd want from the malt. Yeah. Right now, where it really, you know, it's what do they say, five or six weeks old, and it's kind of like. It, it's a t- there's a lot of balancing act there. Like when do you want to serve it? When do you you know? And I could have. 
added a lot more bittering hops. Maybe I should have done that, or I could have. I didn't even dry hop this one, so I'm like, well, it's gonna go a long time before I drink it, mostly mm. for a year. And I really, you know, I don't give a damn about competitions for this beer anyway. Um, right. So, but anyways, yeah, so it's gonna... like it's a combination. You know, it's um, a mix of two row um, and. Um, a little bit of uh, Great Western Pale Ale malt as well, so it's not quite. It's pretty much two point uh, two to one, two row to Great Western Pale, and then there's uh, like for a ten gallon batch, uh, half a pound of aromatic, half a pound of Victory, a pound of Crystal seventy eighty English seventy eighty, and then a pound of Biscuit. So there are some some specialty malts there, and I think that's probably about as much as you'd want to go for a barley wine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's kind of like along the, the Sierra Nevada lines, where they use a pretty clean malt as the background, and it's, you know, it's a little caramel and some base malt. And, and I've used strictly, you know, pale ale malt for the base before, and it'd probably be a little bit better doing that. I was just sort of cleaning out the the, the closet <laughs> the a little camp. bit. I knew it wasn't right. going to be brewing again for a month or two or two months, so I was like, yeah, let me just finish off some of these base yeah. malts that I have. And okay. and uh, maybe I should have thrown some Munich to make up for it, make it a little bit toastier. Uh, one of the weird things about this beer, and for a lot of the stronger beers I do, is that it's boiled for 205 minutes. Wow. So it's a really long boil uh, on this, and the OG was 1.113. Uh, final gravity was like 10.028. Uh, okay. 1050, 1056, you know, yeast. Uh, so you're getting towards 11% there? Yeah, it's, I think it was like 11. I think maybe it was 11.4 yeah, or something yeah. along along those lines. Why 205 minutes? Uh, I was taking gravity readings probably. Oh, okay. Or I was doing okay. something else and I'm like, came back. I'm like, yeah, give me. I, I, I want to finish up cleaning a, a conical or doing something that I wanted to finish doing before I did it. But. Um, I was probably taking readings. I was probably like, normally I'd go for like uh, three hours is what I would probably go for a beer like this. And I I don't know for mm. some reason I'm like ah, let me just get a little more caramelization. And I was I didn't like the, what the gravity was. I think this one I was trying to make a little more beer. Um, and there was like a hop back and you know hop stands and stuff like that. So there's a fair amount of hops in it. But I was trying to make a little more beer because I knew I wanted to bottle some and I wanted to have some in kegs as well, so I could bring it you know bring it out now. But at the same time, have enough stored away where I could have a bottle for 15 years or whatever. <laughs> so when you do that long of a boil, when do you add your first hop? Usually, or what did you do with this one? Uh, with 90 minutes left, and yeah. for this, I was using hop shot, the, you know, like those hop shot okay. sort of things, like hop uh, extract for for the uh, like for the bittering. All okay. the yeah, loopy lens without the plant matter. Yeah, and with the, I'm trying to limit the plant plant matter again because the word is so. In some ways, it's so, so expensive, all that much malt in it and stuff like that. I want to limit how much I actually lose. Uh, in some ways, too. So that's kind of what I was uh, doing. Interesting. With that. Yeah. So instead of just having all the the beer left in the plant matter. You can use the extract and kind of negate some of that and yeah, gain a little, a little bit more, more yield. A little more, yeah, yield. For okay, that. huh? Interesting. Uh, that's pretty much you know normal mash. Nothing, nothing special. Uh, you know, probably 50, 60 minutes at one fifty two. The mash pH was five point three eight. Uh, I did a mash out. You know, normal sparge. You know, nothing, nothing really fancy other than just sort of the long boil was pretty much the most unique thing in in the beer. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right on. Excellent. It's fun. I mean, I've been doing these sort of beers for a long, you know, similar malt bills for a long, long time. Changed out the hops the last couple of years. I used to do strictly just the old sea hops uh, for just started throwing in some, you know, mosaic or amarillo just to change it up a little bit. Sure. But, you know, like, like dry hopping, I could have done it. It would have been an extra couple of days and just, you know, maybe introducing oxygen when I want to. Um, so I was like, yeah, I'll just I'll take it easy on this one. And I know I'm going to bottle it and it's going to last a long time. So... Um, so you're trying to limit oxidation as much as yeah, you can to avoid yeah, too much sherry light. Yeah, and it's like, and it's gonna by the time you know in bottles anyway. Will you even know that it was dry hopped or not? You know, <laughs> right. Those right? Right? Why waste you, the hops? You would have known it today. Probably you would have been like, sorry, just kick that over. Uh, you would have known it today. Like, oh wow, the, the you know the nose is really you know jumping out of the glass. But I think there's enough hops in it at this point in time anyway. Yeah. So it's kind of like if you're yeah. brewing it to be to be drank fresh, in other words, you would you would probably add some late hops and more late hops and or dry hops. To, yeah, to I mean, there's, bring a, there's a fair amount of late hops anyway. There's you know there's a hop stand for a ten gallon batch of almost ten ounces of hops in the in the hop. Stand. Okay. Yeah. And then I mean, there's you, another five ounces in a, in a hop back. So there's a lot in there. Yeah. I just didn't dry hop it as well on top of it. So with, with the for a ten gallon batch, how much are you losing over a three hour boil? Well, I. 
it's kind of kind of weird too. I kind of started off probably a little bit more in the kettle than I normally would. Mm-hmm. So normally I'd start off with a ten gallon, you know, ten gallon. Those numbers are always kind of weird. It's like ten <laughs> gallon of finished beer, right? And you kind of start off with like you know fifteen gallons in a boil or whatever, and try to boil pretty hard with a beer like this. This may have been like fifteen and a half. Okay. And I may even I, I don't have great notes on this, and I may even at some point in this one collected a little extra wort and had it on a separate. Separate uh, burner boiling as well, and dump that in. I don't think I did that on this. I think I just added a little more in the kettle. It was a twenty gallon kettle. Maybe I put like sixteen or seventeen gallons and and boiled down that yeah. way. So. Okay, so normally you would, uh, or, or it's a good uh, strategy, I guess, to just take some from the mash tun, like some extra runnings, and keep it aside. So then, if you're getting too low, you can just add it. Yeah, you can. It's all about a matter of gravity, too, what you want to hit in terms of your gravity numbers. What's more important, mm-hmm. having more volume or, or hitting your gravity numbers? And you could always you know, add sugar or malt extract if you want to bump up the numbers and keep more gravity. Uh, in this case, like I said, I was looking for a specific number of bottles to, and, and also having a full keg. So I was trying to add a little more. You know, I, was trying to, I made it a little bit bigger intentionally, add a little more grain to start off with a big mash tun. Than I normally would, so I was more worried about how much volume I'd get. Normally, I'd be like, "Yeah, I don't care about volume so much." Um, yeah, but yeah. Um, did you do anything special with your water, or just use the straight filtered Hetch Hetchy, or what did you do there? Yeah, no, I, I mean, I, I, I had, I have a picture of my book here, which also, by the way, I have my, <laughs> my recipe book was in a cooler with barley wine, and then so it has barley wine spills on it. No, 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 no. no. Like well, the whole bottle opened up on the way oh, home crap. in a, an oh, Uber wow. the other night, and then the whole book's just soaked right now with barley wine. And it's, <laughs> so I, got a, I, ordered, I ordered a new book, but I can barely see what I did. But you know, um, <laughs> there was definitely some gypsum and some calcium chloride. Yeah. I would guess it's maybe like um, sixty ppm uh, uh, calcium. Uh, yeah, probably, probably a little other other way around. Probably a little oh. bit uh, um, the calcium chloride. I'm sorry, the the uh, sulfate. Sulfate is probably a little bit higher than okay, okay. Than, than the uh, chloride. Um, so it's probably about 50 ppm uh, calcium. Probably like 60 uh, sulfate and uh, 40 chloride. Somewhere around that range, just to uh, essentially yeah. the bitterness a little bit more. Um, it's going to be a beer for aging anyway, and I, you know, it's probably not going to have a huge impact. But yeah, the water has been treated, and I was kind of using like a pale ale sort of what I would normally do for a pale right. ale uh, sort of water treatment. Cool. And and may I ask, how are the wind conditions in San Francisco on the day? That you day, I think I brewed this. fairly early in the day. If I brew late in the day, on certain times of the year, after like four o'clock, the winds are like insane. But yeah, Just, so it was. We, a, we had a batch of beer that we brewed that was. Yeah. We didn't hit our gravity really well at all because the wind was just a constant battle. Like, like, boil up and then chill down. Yeah. Boil up. Oh, yeah. just because it was just the balancing act became insane because the wind was blowing out the. Not which blowing, blowing the burner, but just burner? blowing on the top on the the foam coming up, and then it would stop, and then and then it would. Yeah, and the burner would kind of go to the uh, side. There would be yeah, a little yeah, bit of the shifting like, flame, yeah. and we yeah. were drinking too. So yeah. okay, yeah, blame right. me for that. Right, he's got some good beer over there. <laughs> nice beer, though. Thank you for sharing that, Keith. Yeah, for sure. No, thanks for tasting it. So how did how did well here? We'll we'll do a wrap up of how Jason did at the break after after the the second beer, right? Because I'm curious, curious did, to see how Jason did. How Jason did? Yeah. On his uh, on on my score sheet. Oh yeah, me okay. referring to myself in the third. How did person. Jason do on his score sheet? Uh, yeah. Uh, anyway, it's Doctor Homebrew. Uh, we're going to take a break and then we're going to um, drink some of Brian's beer. Huh. So uh, you know, don't miss that. <laughs> anyway, okay, Jason. We'll be right back. Hello, fellow BNers. This is Sully from the Twenty First Amendment Brewery, located in San Francisco, just two blocks from Giants Park. Before Nico and I opened the 21A and before I was a professional brewer, I homebrewed on my small four-burner apartment stove in a back house in Santa Monica, California, making my extract brews before graduating to the daunting idea of all-grain brewing. Homebrew books and information was hard to come by back then. The Internet hadn't been invented yet, along with other things we take for granted today, like electricity and potable water. One thing I wish I had back then when I was learning was a radio show that could teach me the ins and outs of brewing and answer questions that I had about homebrewing, a resource for making great craft beer. The 21st Amendment Brewery is excited to be a proud sponsor of Dr. Homebrew, a great show that teaches you what you need to know about making incredible beer. Good stuff. Listen up. You might learn something. I certainly did. And thanks for your support. Tasty Crack Games. Since the first time the Brewing Network microphones turned on, more beer was behind it. 
More Beer sponsors the programming on the BN because, like you, they love brewing. And like the Brewing Network, they love sharing their knowledge. Morebeer.com isn't just a website to place your next equipment or ingredient order. Morebeer.com also gives you access to free beer information that will make you a better brewer. Go to morebeer.com and click into the Learning Center. You'll find podcasts, technical facts, video tutorials, and more, including access to The Buzz, More Beer's social network of more than 5,000 members. And some of them might even be crazier about beer than you are. Get over to morebeer.com today and take advantage of The Buzz, The Forum, The Learning Center, and make sure you're signed up to receive the newest More Beer catalog. More Beer, bringing you absolutely everything for beer making. Now, back to the examination. Hey, thanks for sticking with us, everybody. Yeah. Before we get to Brian's beer, I do want to tell you guys that the Homebrew Label Awards is up and running. It's back. Uh, it started, I think, a couple years ago. Uh, sponsored by, of course, uh, the Brewing Network and uh, the fine folks at Grog Tag. So you can go to homebrewlabelawards.com and upload your label. It doesn't have to be, uh, you know, something that you had professionally done or doesn't have to be something you, you got, you know, from Grog Tag or whatever. Um, draw your own label. Upload that thing. And then uh, once you do, have your people vote. So put it on your social media account and have your friends and family vote. They can only vote once. Uh, but the winner will be uh, crowned from a tally of votes. So it's very much a, a crowdfunding thing. And then they're also doing a worst label contest at the same time. So if you have a label that you know is terrible, enter it. Because it could win the worst label in the Homebrew Label wow. Awards uh, contest, man. So check them out. They have, uh, last year they, have, oh, they had over $5,000 in prizes to give away. And this year they're, they're working on that as well. So check them out. HomebrewLabelAwards.com. And uh, you know, good luck with the uh, with the whole thing, man. Okay, here we go, Brian. <coughs> yes, got your beer, dude. Got your beer. We had to figure it out. I put some kind of sour deal. I, uh, I entered style. it as a red sour with uh, lacto, PDO, Brett, and Acetobacter. Okay, so that's what I told Keith anyway he's the one that knows what he's doing no offense JP no none wow, taken that's, that's the nicest thing you've ever said to me <laughs> no. anyone's ever said to me <laughs> it's for me not to take offense no um, Keith why don't you go ahead and start with uh, okay. Brian's uh, some kind of sour deal beer okay, after Brian gave me that compliment I'm going to knock his beer down uh, <laughs> okay so on the nose I'm, I'm getting uh, probably a, a, a lot of like a pickles and vinegar combo going on um not just strictly uh, vinegar but i'm getting this 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 pickle and I, i'm not sure if it's quite dill but it <laughs> it's, it's a pickle in your beer yeah it's kind of strange it's it's it was it was weird um so there's a medium malt character i got some breadiness uh, light caramel uh notes of apples and vanilla no hops i'm getting a light alcohol in the nose as well no diacetyl no phenols uh, not much funk, so I'm not really picking up. I know I'm looking for uh, some funk here, a little horsiness or possibly leatheriness from the Brett. Not getting uh, much of that, just mostly uh, uh, vinegar, uh, vinegary or acetic sort of character. Getting a little bit of acetone and light solvent notes as well. Uh, it's, it's copper, copper in color, maybe maybe deeper. Now I'm looking at it again. I'd say it's deeper than copper. Uh, almost ranging uh, light light brown. Uh, I don't know reddish light brown. Yeah, I, I think that's probably accurate. I think I don't know why I said copper before. It's probably closer to red than than copper, and and red is darker than copper, right? Sure. Good. I think of red as kind of a hue because some beers yeah. can be more yellowy and gold yeah. hued, and others are more maybe, red. maybe it's yeah. a little rusty in color. Rusty. Uh, there you go. <laughs> there you yeah. go. Yeah. Anyway, uh, slightly off white head that doesn't really last very long, um, but brilliant clarity. Uh, head retention is not necessarily that important in this beer. I did give it a, a three out of three just because the you know there, there's there's notes of 
you know, lactobacillus <coughs> or Brettanomyces uh, affecting head retention. Probably more in the former than the latter, actually. Um, Flavor-wise, I got a big sour flavor. Um, drinking it, I get sort of burning, biting character drinking it. Uh, I get, and the finish, I'm, I'm, I didn't get this in the nose at all, but I'm getting that uh, uh, THP. That's uh, tetrahydropyridine uh, character. That's the like, you know the unbuttered popcorn is what it tastes like most to me. And I've also heard mm. Cheerios. Uh, not over the top. Not like I said. Not even get, picking it up at all in the aroma, but it is in the finish. I find that in a lot of sour beers. Um, so it's I could have mm. a, a low, um, sorry, a high high. Thresh, high threshold. Sorry. I haven't had anything to drink today. Uh, <laughs> but it, like I said, it is subtle. Uh, the funk is kind of subdued. Looking for something uh, contributing from the PDO or Brett, not getting much of that. Uh, mostly just getting a lot of lact, uh, sorry, lacto, more actually aceto than lacto, honestly. Um, very low bitterness, no hop flavors, uh, getting some, some wine notes, some vinous character, uh, and also, as I mentioned in, in the nose, some. Some breadiness, some some light caramel, and just you know ester esters of apple. I would say. Uh, other thing I mentioned uh, in the aroma, I'm getting in the flavor as well, is a little a little acetone. Mouthfeel, medium low. It's appropriate for style. Uh, medium low carbonation. Like to see a little more carbonation. Medium warming. This is just a lot of mediums, I guess. Uh, no, no <laughs> astringency. Uh, as I mentioned, I see more carbonation. Overall impression, I, I didn't dislike the beer. Uh, the pickle, the pickle aroma was a little <laughs> odd. And I, I never, I'm never a huge fan of THP. Uh, I, I've heard it's going to age out, like if you let it sit around. And, uh, you know, as we talked about, I think on the show before, it's not necessarily something that. People know if it'll age out at a certain temperature or not, or you know, in the bottle or keg or fermenter or, what, or whatever uh, storage device. Um, I think there's probably some research to be done there and, and finding that out. Maybe the brewlosophy people can can spend uh, three years making a sour beer and then uh, do some tests on that. <laughs> Aging uh, the Cheerio beers, they would do it. But otherwise, we try Cheerio this beer. I mean, I, like I said, those are the biggest faults. Was the yeah. you know the 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 vinegar, slightly pickly character, and you know, and I'm, I'm struggling to say what exactly is, is it. Dill is reminding me of pickle. I mean, that's what I would think normally, but there are some other herbs that you can use when pickling things as well. Right. Um, uh, well, there are some some sweet components that go into yeah, the, yeah making the, making the pickles, and and you know, the funk could be kind of a, a gnarly like. Um, Garlicky thing or something, you know. I mean, there, it yeah. could give you an impression yeah, no, no. of that, but it's exactly. mostly just probably the the um, you know the acetic Same acid. Character, yeah. yeah. So I think to me, I also said it seems mostly acetic driven, um, bitter, borderline of being too much acetic, biting, burning. I uh, would like to see a little more malt, possibly somehow. I don't know, you know, somehow you know stop the fermentation or you know stop the acetic earlier. Is there too much oxygen? I don't, I don't know. I have no idea what in process. I'm not gonna. Uh, you don't want to know what the process was, <laughs> but I would look at you know. Can you introduce some of the other uh, components? Maybe get a little more of those, a little more of the Brett, uh, yeah. especially would be kind of a nice little balance to that, and some you know somehow get it get it before it goes too acidic. Overall, I gave it a thirty. Um, I you know you're too kind. I, I feel like I may have been too kind. I I, <laughs> I feel that about myself. But yeah. you are in the room, uh, and uh, we respect you as a judge. So, <laughs> oh. no, I'm just kidding. Doesn't no, I, I, I didn't. I didn't. I think I gave it a 29 initially and bumps it up to a 30. So yeah. I, I think I was somewhere in that range of where I, I, I enjoy it in some ways, and in other mm-hmm. ways, I find it to be a bit challenging of a uh, beer and drink. Very polite. Okay. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> here's my uh, my go around. Uh, the aroma, there's tart, uh, definitely a Cetobacter vinegar kind of a thing happening. Uh, it's not super offensive, which uh, I, I found interesting for me. At first, when I smelled it, I was like, oh, that's that can't be good. And then I was like, well, it, it's not bad, really. You know, it's not, uh, it doesn't put me off it. it it's almost like, um, 
like a Flanders red kind of a thing, which yeah. I'm not a big fan of because of the acetobacter vinegar thing can be kind of strong, but in in low doses it, it can be you know it can be pretty good. A um, little toasty in there, some caramel, some dark fruit aromas. Um, the appearance was cool, the, you know, the, the kind of a light brown with ruby highlights mm-hmm. kind of a thing. Uh, no head really to speak of. Uh, in flavor, it was interesting. I got like a, a first first taste was a tart green apple skin. Uh, like I used to peel green apples mm-hmm. and eat the skin, and that kind of reminded me of that. Um, sort of like a bitter harsh, not really an astringency, but there was there's some harshness there that I couldn't figure out. Um, and then in the in the flavor, I got kind of an oxidized apple meat or like dehydrated apple ring, um, and I think that's that just those those dark malts. I I, I don't know. Um, it's not uh, wasn't super appealing in that in that in that regard. Um, there's a high acid uh, in there, which fits the style, of course. Uh, toasty, kind of almost a burnt deal, um, almost burnt. Maybe that was maybe I shouldn't have said that, but like a toasty malt thing. Um, a slight bitter aspirin kind of a deal at the back of my throat afterwards in, in a finish, um, which I uh, I know isn't necessarily what you want in a beer. Um, maybe, maybe I do, JP. Maybe you do. Maybe you're into that whole thing. I don't know about you. Uh, overall, uh, I, I, I put this beer, it feels like it doesn't know what it wants to be. Is it a red ale or is it a sour <laughs> beer? Um, it has notes of, of both, which makes sense because it looks like a sour red ale and it acts like a sour red ale. But it just, I don't know, I feel like the malts didn't really play very well with the bugs that you were that you were using. Uh, I gave it a 28. I actually gave it a 27, and then I went up one. Okay. So uh, there you go. Thank you. You're welcome. Yeah, I think, I think now that I'm smelling it more, maybe the, the pickle sort of, the pipple, pickle, pipple. The pickle mixture is sort of a, you know, uh, some of that funk mixing with the vinegar character. Mm. But it's it's funny how it comes across as being very pickly. A punch bowl impression gives you that pickliness. So tell us about this beer. That's interesting. Well, I talked about some of my weird habits um, on a previous show a long time ago. Mm -hmm. But I like to save... um, beers and you know like keith when he has a bad beer he just throws it away well <laughs> about nine years ago or so i just mm-hmm. i had a beer that came out horribly phenolic and you just couldn't drink it no oh, man and so i just said what the hell i'm just gonna sour it and see what happens so that was my first the first thing that lived in my closet Okay. Now there are like seven or eight things that live in my closet. Okay. And I blend are all them. of them beer. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. All right. Just checking. Mostly. Right. Um, Two children. Right. Every once in a while, you know, like the 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 there will be a little wine that lands in there. Even. Okay. But it's like I don't like to waste beer. If there's a hydrometer sample, right, it goes in one it of the. It goes in the thing. Okay. One of the things. If I get a. Um, you know, a leftover Dr. Homebrew beer that I've judged at home, and I I took this much of it, I dump it in the thing. So some of you that entered previously, your beer is in this. Oh, cool. But it's it's developed into a bunch of different carboys, and I'll just talk briefly about each one. I can't tell okay. you what went into it. I, you couldn't recreate this if you wanted sure. to. <laughs> sure. But it's just a weird beer that I make, and I blend for fun and just see what I if I can get something better than the whole of its parts. Because some of these beers on their own are just horrible. Right. Uh, but the so the beer number one is is um, I made a consecration ale clone and then I just saved the dregs of that and I had a um, a Scottish eighty shilling that just finished way too sweet and the you know the alcohol was too low and it was way too sweet so I just uh, transferred it onto the top of the um, the consecration dregs um, and it's I mean it's basically just um, you know the uh, Trappist. Trappist yeast with, um, and then with, you know, uh, Rosalaire and, and bread. So yeah, that beer came out okay, but it wasn't, um, when I tasted that one, it wasn't super sour enough, but it was coming along. So I think I might've had like one part that I just, I, you know, I just kind of 
taste each one individually. I'll pull them out of my closet onto my countertop and just taste them individually and then teaspoon blend them to get to something some halfway palatable. Okay. Uh, beer number two is what I call Jack Sour, but it was, it was basically um, my friend Jack Weldon was emptying a barrel that he had that was pretty good. He's, if you've been to NCHF and some of the festivals a couple of years back, he'd have some some kegs of that usually. And he was, he just did a you know a Solaris where he just tapped it off, pulled off beer, topped it off, pulled off beer, and just had it always going. But he decided to empty his barrel and offered it to some people. And you know, I just brought a bucket into a homebrew club meeting. He transferred it there for me out of his his keg that he pulled out of out of that barrel. So. Um, that was one that I really liked. It was a nice red sour, and he did some some Scottish beers, and then he started adding some some other, I think, old hills and stuff in there. Um, so it was, but it was a really nice sour. But there's very little of Jack's original beer left in there. It's just been added to over over time too, because this is like Whorehouse Tart number eight. I call it. Okay. Um, it's just and the Whorehouse Tart came from NCHF too, and they had the Wild West theme or whatever. And we was like, "What's my weird sour beer going to be called?" And that was one of the original ones. I'm like, let's just call it the Whorehouse Tart. Right. She's a funky one, you know. Whatever. Right. Uh, so it was popular, uh, just because of the Good. name, maybe. But probably, maybe a little uh, both. The beer number three is that the old bad beer that again I say from about two thousand eight and just that really phenolic thing and it aged out and it it became a lot less offensive but it was still gnarly but if I didn't put a little bit in, into some of my blends it was okay so you know okay so I think I used about a couple parts of the Jack Sour and then one part of the old bad beer and then there was one that I called the Brett beer which isn't really that highly Brett anymore it just it I had added a bunch of Brett to it. It got a little bready for a while, and then I just kept adding things to it. Uh, and it's kind of an odd mix. I also just added some oak, oak cubes into the bottom of it to give it kind of a, you know some more tannins and some along with some of the funk to accent a beer in a certain way. By itself, again, not that great. Mm-hmm. Um, so I might have added one part of that. Uh, beer 5 is um, what I call Eddie's beer, and it's uh, Dunkel Weizen that he had around. It was, it was kind of going past its prime. And I think he gave it to me about six months or so before I mixed it with this. It wasn't that, hadn't been aging that long, but I just added some dregs of bottles, good bottles to it. And I'm always doing that when I drink a sour at home. I'll just add some dregs of a, if I if I like the sour, I'll dump it into, choose which one of mine that I want to dump it into. Something that's not quite coming along as well that needs a little amplification. I'll put that in there. So, okay. And beer number six is the weirdest one. So if you went to, um, the second NHC San Diego, I think it was. Uh, it won a couple of years 20, ago, yeah. 11 or 2012. <laughs> I don't remember when it was. It was, um, yeah. So I, I went around in my, my mad scientist gear. It must have been 20, uh, oh, 2015. Is that right? Yeah. yeah, it wasn't too long ago. 2015. So, yeah. yeah, the first one was 2011. The second one, I went around in my mad scientist gear. And um, collected a little bit of everybody's beer. And you had just, a flask, I remember. I had a flask, yeah. and I asked for a little bit of your beer. So if you were at NHC 2015, your beer is probably in this too. But um, so I put that in, a, you know, just a regular fermenter bucket. And so I had better luck with better bottles and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And and a lot of these are just in glass because they just have extra carboys. But I put that one in a bucket because it was what I had. And it rumbled around in my car and, you know, got plenty of oxidation on the way back from San Diego. <laughs> and the thing turned into complete vinegar. Oh. I, I, the, lid, the lid came open a little bit. Okay. And it, it just, yeah. It oh, turned man. into, like, the strongest, most intense vinegar that you've ever tasted and I've, i give it away to people as vinegar too actually but <laughs> my buddy was like you still you have some more of that vinegar beer around and I'm like, i want to use it from some malt vinegar for my my fish and chips I'm like sure buddy here you go. i've got one i've got a full bucket of it you so still like, have it why do you still have it i still have it so so i, I blended with the first five beers and and it, it you know i don't like an overly acidic beer either and again, I don't think this is a perfect beer by any stretch of the imagination. It's not. Right. But if I blended the first five, these hadn't been coming along as well. So some of the earlier iterations of this, it had soured and I hadn't, you know, I, I started figuring out what I wanted to do with them. And I blended some and I pulled them off. And I sometimes I'd pull one off for a festival and it, and it was popular and poured well. And then I'd make, make the same blend to fill a second keg and have around to pour around the house or whatever just for fun. But... um 
yeah, this time some of the, the beers weren't quite sour enough. And if I didn't add just that smallest part of the vinegar beer, it didn't mm, pop quite the okay. same way. So like Got without it. that, it, w- it wasn't quite... It wasn't sour enough to me. So you sat and blended this beer out of those six guys. So I might have gone a little a little overboard with that this time, and it's it's not okay. very scientific. It's like you know maybe point one part of that, but you know it was just like oh, you know, sure. But sometimes a dollop you need, of the uh, the vinegar beer. I right. think I I pulled some off into a container marked as vinegar to to use in the <laughs> kitchen. I'm like, well, there, that's about enough for what I need, and I tasted it, and it tasted like a sour beer. So right. But I poured some of it at the the Livermore Craft Beer Festival, and you know, um, you know, it was fun. People kind of it opened some people's eyes, okay, <laughs> right? <laughs> Puckered some people's faces. Uh, but it's just a, it's just a fun thing to do. Another fun no, thing I did. Cool. I think I told you one time is my brother and I made a I had a blend uh, a blind blending, and he blended one his way, and then I blended one my way. And we both um, tasted each other's blends, you know, without knowing whose it was, because I just marked them and then covered it up, mm. mixed them around, and then we tasted it. And it's like, okay, which blend should we do for the real final one that we're going to bring somewhere? And so uh, we chose mine. But yeah, it was it's just kind of a fun thing I like to do, and it's just stupid and weird. And no, and it sounds like a cool project. Scientist I mean, and dumb, but well, yeah, I don't know about that, but it's um, it seems it seems cool to just kind of stretch your palate a little if bit. You, and you can make a, a thirty-ish point on, sour yeah. beer out of it to have somewhere. And you're doing all right. Like, or twenty, probably more appropriately, twenty-eight or twenty-seven. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, probably. All right, we're gonna take a break real fast, and uh, we're gonna come back and talk about my sheets real quickly, and then and then we'll let you guys go. Uh, hang on a sec. We'll be right back. Do you know the three most important rules in brewing? Sanitation, sanitation, and sanitation. And no one does it better than Five Star Chemicals. Five Star knows sanitation. You can only sanitize clean equipment. And Five Star knows how to clean, too. For craft brewers and home brewers, Five Star has what you need to keep your fermenters, serving tanks, kegs and draft lines sparkling and free of any beer-spoiling bacteria. PBW, caustic, acid cleaners, star sand, Santa Clean, lubricants and defoamers, pH stabilizers, and more. Five Star Chemicals has cleaning supplies, safety supplies, heat exchangers, pumps, hoses, and valves. And Five Star is proud to offer eco-friendly products that exceed customer expectations. If you have a cleaning problem, you need the Five Star Solution. Visit FiveStarChemicals.com or call 800-782-7019. 800-782-7019. And get the Five star treatment today are you a member of the white labs customer club if not you should be it's the easiest way to earn free stuff for turning in your old homebrew labels from either vials or pure pitch all you have to do is save your labels and redeem them for things like free yeast an exclusive white labs t-shirt or sweatshirt and even the opportunity to brew with the yeast man himself chris white Signing up is easy. Just go to whitelabs.com slash customer club, fill out the registration form, and then mail in your labels. They will return the favor by sending you awesome White Labs swag. Go sign up today at whitelabs.com slash customer club. White Labs, pure yeast and fermentation since 1995. I'm sorry to tell you this, but we're going to have to pour you out. Back to Dr. Homebrew. Hey, thanks for sticking around. It means a lot. I appreciate it. It has to be one of the weirdest shows we've done. Yeah, but you know what? I I liked it. I liked it because it was informative, and it's something we never really do. Is yeah. kind of you know turn it uh, turn that spotlight on us in that degree. I mean, I've brought my beers in as kind of like the yeah. the guy who doesn't really pay attention to a lot of shit, but we've never looked at your guys' beers more than just a passing nod. Like, hey, I brought in some beer, and this is what it is, and we're drinking it as we were hanging out. Yeah, and it didn't feel that forced. It's like, we actually did a real judging. I feel like you guys did a, yeah. a good job with my beer, and, and that's you know more than fair for it. I think you and I did a good job with with Keith's beer, and um, no, it was, it was definitely. Fun. I think that's going to age well. I think that yeah, beer is going to be it's nice. The only time it'll ever be judged. So. It was made to be aged. It's not yeah. a perfect barley wine right yeah. now, but it's 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 good for what it's going to yeah. be. 
And yeah, like I said, it's probably the only time I'll ever be aged. So I was kind of excited that. I mean, sorry, not judged. judged yes, right. aged. <laughs> it, it, it will probably be the only time it's aged as well. But it's uh, the only time it'll be judged. And I was kind of excited just to see. Yeah, you know, other people thought it was cool, and uh, I thought it was good. And you know, that's it's great. Good. Yeah, I thought it was cool yeah. too. And uh, I, I it it w- was cool for me, someone who's uh, not very practiced at judging, to kind of be in the same range. And I always thought I was pretty good at picking like scores for beers, but not sitting there and explaining why and doing all the kind of stuff. That's why I don't really do the judging. I think I'd be great at like the check score sheets, even though I fucking hate them. But when you work with a good, a good, <laughs> you know, a good judge, pair, you're paired with somebody that. You can be like, what is that I'm searching for? And they can be like, oh, it's there's some solvent in here or there's some acetone. And it's like, that might be what that, the roughness that you're picking up. In yeah, the, maybe. In the mouthfeel on, or the, the finish on, on the sour beer or whatever, you know. It's yeah. like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. And something clicks and you learn something that day. So just keep judging with people. Yeah. I think it was cool. I think we should do it again. For sure. Time. We're sipping a little bit of this, uh, the Mad Zymergist's, um beer project that we started last uh summer and we put it in, into a port barrel it's a uh, an imperial stout that my my buddy chris uh came up with the recipe for and it's a port barrel imperial stout aged in a um uh, a port wine barrel so yeah just for like nine months wow at, um Ramon Rios and Tracy had some some empty barrels and uh, some two year old port in there, and so we just filled them up with some beer, got a bunch of guys to brew, and um, so we just pulled it out of the barrels uh, a little earlier this um, in the spring, and yeah. uh, so this is the result here. I don't know, Keith and I are tasting it. Great. How, how do you like it? I definitely some wine notes. Uh, it's kind of interesting. Some. The, Minus character. I, I am getting a little bit of smokiness. Uh, maybe that's just the roast roast from it. But um, and I, I think it's definitely interesting. I, I think probably how big how big was the stout, Brian? That was that was put in it. This is, uh, I think it's about ten percent or so. Yeah, ten and a half. Yeah, I don't know. I wish there were probably still a little more residual sweetness in it. It seems a little dry right now. The way where it's coming. maybe that's the bitterness. Um, balance, but um, maybe with a little bit of age, uh, some you know. So bit. yeah, a weird thing though that I did with my cakes too is like the cakes that I pulled off of it were um, not very uh, woody tasting. I couldn't taste the oak in it, and okay. the wine barrels had pulled so much of the wood character out already that I I just added a a single cube of oak, and maybe I should have soaked the cubes or something first, but I just dropped a cube straight in to this one, and we also had an old ale that was likewise not oaky enough. So, but I think it's going too far the other way. Other way, I might need to blend it. I th- and I think that's some of that roughness that you're getting on this yeah. one. Yeah. No, but the nose. I mean, I don't know. It's really interesting. The nose is great with the wood. Wood character reminds me of a of a cab or or, or something along the lines of that. Um, little tannic, yeah. Yeah, little tannic Bite. character. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. I like bringing projects in. That's for sure. All right, we're going to get out of here, everybody. So thanks a lot for tuning in to the old Dr. Homebrew. Don't forget to um, head over to our sponsors, Five Star and Grog Tags, and all the people that you heard about on the show today. Uh, Check them out because they help us stay here doing this stuff and helping people become better judges. So uh, I I do want to start doing some more judge stuff uh, in here. I think that would be cool beyond just tasting listener beer, which is always fun. But uh, yeah. I think give us your really feedback. Good. Let us know what you thought. Hey, yeah, for sure. All right, everybody. Uh, thanks a lot, and we'll catch you later.